Hello, and welcome to the podcast, As We Hear It, also lovingly known as Sam's Club. I'm Sam, your host. This is the show where we listen to a musician's discography and then afterwards rank their albums in order from worst to best. We're so glad you've joined us. Well, welcome back to Lincoln Park, episode two of As We Hear It. I'm Sam, your host, as you've already heard, I'm sure, from the intro. Last episode, we talked about our least favorite Linkin Park albums, and so we actually had a couple of ties. So for our bottom two, we had The Hunting Party and One More Light, and then for our fifth and uh, our fourth and fifth picks, we had A Thousand Suns and Living Things. One thing we didn't decide was which of those two was our least favorite or which one we preferred. Do you guys have a particular leaning one way or the other between A Thousand Suns and Living Things? I ranked a thousand suns significantly higher, so I'm leading suns too, but I'm okay. I I had uh, a thousand suns right below living things, just mm. because I didn't think that um, it had quite had the floor that a thousand or that a, a living thing didn't quite have the floor that a thousand suns did. But they're kind of neck and neck. Great. <laughs> what was yours again, Sam? What did I rank? Yeah. I said Living Things uh, 2 and oh. A Thousand Suns 7. <laughs> well, they're close. They're, they're pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be the deciding factor, but... Uh. Um, well, then I guess it sounds like... We'll, we'll, I, I'll be generous this time and say that we'll put uh, we'll do Living Things and then A Thousand Suns. Okay. How nice of you. All right, well. Only uh, one of us is happy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> one thing I want to do uh, is look at the band history. That's something we didn't talk about in the first yeah. one. And I just wrote down a few things from doing, as all of us do now these days, a quick Wikipedia search on such things. Linkin Park was formed in, actually, probably before 96, but it was high school friends, Mike Shinoda, Rob Burden, and Brad Delson. They later started a band called Zero, which was spelled with an X, with Johan, Dave, Phoenix, Pharrell, and Mark Wakefield. Interestingly, all of these band members are were like up in Lincoln Park until the end, which is kind of crazy oh, wow. to think about. Like bands usually don't stick around; they have a ton of turnover, mm-hmm. except yeah. for one guy, which was Mark Wakefield, the singer uh, of Zero. I think they were trying to get a record deal, and things just didn't really work out, and. Um, they produced a lot of demos and they just couldn't really quite get signed. And so Chester Bennington was the guy that kind of auditioned and brought on on vocals. Um, and eventually, of course, they ended up getting signed. One interesting fact, Dave Phoenix Farrell, uh, in this period where Wakefield was leaving and there was a bit of band turmoil because they hadn't gotten signed, was in a Christian ska band <laughs> named Tasty Snacks. The nineties were a well, wild time. That's a Wait, decision. I'm sorry. What's ska? How do you describe ska? Does uh, something doesn't have... ding, ding, ding. Okay, less than Jake. Uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Um, I don't know those. Those uh, are ska bands. It's like reggae pop punk. It's like it's reggae like, like how plus you... pop punk, and there's a lot of trombone. Oh wow! Yeah. So much different than Lincoln Park. It's. 
I I like it, but I mean, it's definitely <laughs> got its detractors. And it's not something that you can listen to for a long time without getting tired of. Oh, wow. Hmm. Scott. It's very, it all sounds. What was the legendary kind of Chris, uh, five for fighting? Five for fighting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know them. No, five Iron Frenzy. No. Yeah. Five Sorry. for fighting is a. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Five, five Iron Frenzy. hundred years guy. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, after uh, they added Bennington, they changed their name to Hybrid Theory, of course, which ended up being their first album. They released an EP under that. They, after some argument and fighting to get in, they got eventually got signed by Warner Brothers, and they named their their selves um, Lincoln Park, actually spelled like the president initially, and then. For the sake of the URL page, they changed the spelling, which is really interesting to me because it, you know, obviously 99, 2000 when this was happening. <laughs> uh, their first album, Hybrid Theory, sold 4.8 million in the first year, won a Grammy for best hard rock performance. And this was the craziest stat of all. They played apparently 320 shows in the first year. Oh my Are gosh. Like That's insane. exhausting. That's insane. Even if you do that the same That's venue, like that's insane. <laughs> They oh, I'm gonna take too. a nap on behalf of them. The fact oh, that Chester's yeah. vocals, oh yeah, his voice and yeah. claps, yeah, that's incredible. Oh, 320 shows, 320 shows in that first year. Wow. Um, Meteora, their next album had 800,000 in the first week sales. Um, after that, they they did do some not, not splitting off, but side projects. Fort Minor. Uh, Collision Course, both of those were in collaboration with Jay-Z, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then they had Minutes to Midnight, which they chose Rick Rubin to produce. We kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, well, I mean, their, their crossover album with Jay-Z was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Like Encore and Nuts. Oh, yeah. great, yeah. I about that. Yeah, Kelly was talking before we started on how she can't listen to Numb without thinking of Encore now. Partially, that's one of the ones on the workout playlist I'm listening to it all the time. And so I just haven't heard Numb by itself until listening. I mean, probably since high school. Mm-hmm. And so listening to it again by itself, I was like, oh, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Where's this. Jay-Z? <laughs> he was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, in this period, too, they had some... Or after Minutes to Midnight and Thousand Suns, which were both Rick Rubin, they had a couple of side projects. We talked about it last week, but Chester Bennington was in the, the lead singer for the Stone Temple Pilots from 2013 to 2015, and then amicably ended uh, his tenure with them to go back to Lincoln Park and continue projects with them. Um, and then we kind of talked about it as well, but after their last album, One More Light, uh, Chester Bennington tragically committed suicide. Uh, he hung himself, and um, Lincoln Park has not really put anything else out. They they have uh, put out I think a single which was they'd initially recorded in the Hybrid Theory era and they hadn't put out before. And I'd heard a lot online about them potentially talking about continuing to do things. And that's that's like the wild thing to me is because you have all these band members like they're a, they're a big band. Um, who have been together for two decades mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and most of them have been, all, all of them have been together since before Chester. And so they do have kind of this identity as to who they are, obviously with Chester that took direction and they got signed. Um, but I mean, I, I'm skeptical that they'll make anything else, but maybe we'll see a Lincoln park album without it. But 
And I just can't imagine how you come back, both from the you know tragedy aspect, but also it's not like he was just the triangle or something mm-hmm. yeah. like that can be easily replaced. Yeah, he's a pretty distinct member. So that that was my history of Lincoln Park. Did y'all have anything to add? Any other cool factoids about the band? No, I was going to say the thing about the website, but you already have that. So good on you doing that research. Yeah, and I think that single that they did release recently, they said it was like the 20th anniversary. Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but yeah, um, we'll see what they do. I wonder, um, you know, at that point, like how old are these guys and like how how intense will they come out uh, back onto the scene if they actually do? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're all probably what, like mid 40s? Gotta be. Right. Yeah, they're, oh, uh, I think I was looking like 44 was a lot of the age mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. yeah. And at some point, 43. you know, it just takes a toll on your vocal cords and yeah. your yeah. knees and your hips. And like that's. Yeah, families, probably, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Chester had six kids. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah. Well, one thing tragic too was that uh, his friend, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, had recently mm, passed away mm-hmm. too. I think by suicide as well. Like before? Yeah. Sounds familiar. Uh, like a month before. Yeah. And so, and uh, Chester had sung at the funeral and paid tribute to him. And it was like this really, anyways, tough, tough combo of things happening. Um, wow. Well, I would love to get into our next ranking. So, as we talked about, it was one more light and hunting party tied than a thousand suns and living things tied. And finally, this is the only non-tie we had of all of this podcast <laughs> at number three, which I think is a massive shame. And nice one. I don't know. Where's actually people, a couple people agreed on this kind of hybrid theory. What? <laughs> I ranked at number one. Kelly, you've got some explaining to do. Number don't tell seven. Me. Oh my. Kelly, what? <laughs> Bennett, number one. Steven, number five. You guys are like the Lincoln Park fans here. You don't like the like classic. Let's get into it. Why do you guys not? What? Come on, haters. Tell, yeah, give us a reason, please. So partially it just sounds like a first album. Hmm. Like, especially in comparison when listening to the rest. I will admit I might have been too hard on this one because it was one of the ones I listened to a lot. So I was really trying to not be swayed by nostalgia and the wave of middle school angst. So I might have swung too hard in the other way. Um, But I just, the other, I just liked them better. And especially it would not have been in my top three, even if I was being a little more generous. Yeah. Steven. It's similar. It it sounds like a first album. Um, it, It, it's they're finding themselves and i think in meteora they just do everything they did well in hybrid theory better mm-hmm. and yeah exactly um i also i just it's still very similar to has a lot of those new metal um qualities like the the dj whatever yeah and uh, some of the lyrics, lots of, lots of scratching, lots of scratching. And then some of the <laughs> lyrics just sound like a high schooler wrote them. And also cure for the itch, the coughing he kept me. And maybe that's again, the COVID <laughs> slam. And I was like, Oh, please like, cover your yeah. mouth. <laughs> Walk out of the room. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I don't know what you're talking about with lyrics, man. Crawling in my skin. That's like the most iconic <laughs> line. <laughs> the no. lyrics are pretty bad on this. One. Uh, yeah. And I did when I was, reading up on these i did see a lot of people agreeing saying it sounds like a first album and it does uh i think that despite that i still had it number one um 
mainly because I just got some big Sum 41 vibes and like just bobbing your head to certain songs. And like I was just having a, a blast listening to this one. Probably the most fun I had listening to any of them, um, any of the albums. So that's why I gave it my number one. Okay, just just to sample. So for in the end, one thing I don't know why it doesn't even matter how hard you try. Keep, keep that, that in mind. I designed this rhyme to explain it. That just sounds like um, a high schooler. Uh, yeah, you're right. It does actually. That. That. <laughs> that was my favorite spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. And it's it's. It was made some, for high school. There's some really written by uh-huh. strong songs. There's a reason that it was the number two album, rock album of you know the 2000s, and why yeah. you would have a number one. I, I how- totally get that, but. I wonder how old they yeah, were and, when and, they and did And that. here's why you're wrong. It's like, is this, <laughs> yes, I just said it that way. Is this like, is this, does this have like high school lyrics? Absolutely. And, and actually that your, your point to that is like totally valid because they, uh, apparently this was the album that they had worked five years on or whatever. Like this is, they compiled all their albums from probably high school to you right. know, like song from high school into this. So that's why you get the face inside or whatever it is it's like that's your conscience dude like <laughs> maybe you could just say that but but the reason i disagree is because it's such a groundbreaking album i don't think anybody else was doing this quite the way they were i don't i, I think like nobody sounds like lincoln park and this sounds the most quintessential like lincoln park this and meteora yeah. you could put that there and, and maybe meteor is a better album but but i felt just felt like the hits on this one and um and the nature of the beast that they became is really entirely because of this album. And they never outlived this album. This was by far their best selling album forever. And the one that defined them. And, but you're defining it, um, in relation to everything else, but how, how would you define it in relation to the rest of their stuff? I think I enjoyed it the most too, because it felt most unique them. And it was, um, yeah, it was just totally original, I guess. And so in that aspect, it was probably my favorite. Um, but with any of these, I could swap them all around. So I'm not that held on that point. But yeah, that's my. I mean, they definitely set the tone from the beginning that they're not another whatever you want to classify them as. Like that's immediately noticeable um, that they're not just a punk band or a rock band or blah, blah, blah. So they do get points for that. Yeah. Just not enough points. So let's go into least favorite. My least favorite was with you. I didn't really like his vocals on that one. What about you guys? Um, I didn't like high voltage. And I don't have anything else to say about that. <laughs> I didn't like by myself. It was the only one that I was like, and skip. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, the whole final third of the album is kind of weak. So I had my December as my least favorite but the yeah the instrumental kind of turntables on cure for the itch just like that's that's kind of that 90s new metal holdover mm-hmm. aspect that just needed to kind of go away yeah y'all keep talking about uh cure for the itch um and i just thought it was the most interesting i didn't hate it um I think I kind of liked it, actually. It reminded me a lot of some underground stuff that I used to listen to, um, like Nujabes and Idea and Abilities with a lot of mixing and um, a lot of scratching. My December was definitely the most different with that piano and everything, but I didn't hate that one either. I think this one has a good floor as well. I think you're right, too, though. The last few songs probably kind of... It just kind of slowed down for us, but um, High Voltage, my least favorite. Did, Did you guys say your least favorite? 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just say my favorite. Um, I really liked, uh, of course, in the end, Crawling and Paper Cut. Those are my my top three. And I was listening to One Step Closer, and it just reminded me, I, like, I feel like back in 2005, 2006, and seven, you could find a bunch of YouTube videos with that song just played over, or like any of the songs from Hybrid Theory. I feel like this one just came out of the gate strong, and it was it is the most Lincoln Park to me as well. Maybe Meteora, but when I think Lincoln Park, I think these guys. This album right here. I like Crawling. Um, I don't know. Everybody knows Crawling, so I don't think there's much to, <laughs> much I need to say beyond that. I really like Paper Cut. That was my favorite for sure. And I actually really love the, the live version that they did um, as well. So that was it for me. I mean, I really liked In the End and, and a lot of the songs on it, so... I ranked in the end as my favorite and I did just laugh at one step closer because I think that's the one that has the line where he's just yelling over and over shut up when I'm talking to you. I was like, oh yeah, I remember being sent to my room and playing that over and over. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I was a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hybrid Theory again was really, was, was clearly their, their breakout album and the one that kind of defined them and set them on the trajectory they're on. Whether it was their best, we certainly don't agree on that. Um, but certainly a start to the rest of their career. Uh, so after this, we did have a tie. And these are our final two albums. Um, and so we had a tie with 10 total points between Meteora and Minutes to Midnight. For Meteora, I gave it my third place. Kelly gave it third Bennett gave it second. Steven gave it second. For Minutes to Midnight, I gave it my fifth place. I was the outlier there. (laughs) Kelly gave it one. Bennett third. And Steven won. I think de facto by the fact that Steven picked this and that Kelly and Steven are the two biggest Linkin Park fans, we'll list Minutes to Midnight as our number one with Meteora as our number two. (laughs) Unless y'all want to debate that, but I don't think we do. So. So Meteora came out in 2003. It was their second album right after Hybrid Theory. Um, Also a huge hit. Not quite as big as Hybrid Theory. We talked about it earlier, but 800,000 purchases of their album in the first week, which is crazy. What did you guys think of this one? I really don't. It's funny, after talking hybrid theory, it's like, I feel like I don't have a whole lot to add. I just think that Meteor is just a more refined hybrid theory. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think the split between that and like Minutes to Midnight, because like Minutes to Midnight through Living Things is more of that electronic era. Mm-hmm. And then hybrid theory and Meteor are kind of that early new metal hard rock sound. And so it's kind of like, which which camp are you in more? Is I think where the, where the fault line is. So... Um, so yeah, I, I really don't, you know, to me, it's like, it's a twin album, basically, with uh, Hyper Theory. Meteora, I just have so many very distinct memories of like, oh, I can remember like on this drive or this move or being in this room, whatever, listening to them. Um, so definitely weighed by nostalgia. But I mean, like Numb, well, really the Numb Encore mashup is just always going to be one that I love. Or I mean, Breaking the Habit, you just can't help but listen to it and be happy ish yeah happy (laughs) asterisks um yeah meteora i 
agree with everything y'all are saying. I, I wrote down that the transition was just, it sounded pretty easy. Um, they both sound similar, but you can argue that Meteora does some things better. Um, and it, I think they did a good job of keeping the same sound and the vibe was pretty similar on each song, but they kept everything different enough and unique enough and um, put a lot of effort into each song too. Um, and Mike, Mike Shenandoah did a, uh, a great job on nobody's listening. I had to just mention that. Mm. I wrote, went kind of hard on nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are going to hate the way I feel about this one then. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I felt like the floor was much, I felt like the, there was one song on it that was particularly bad and that I didn't like. And I think that partially tainted my view. And then there were definitely a couple of songs that were kind of lower for me. Um, like I felt like personally for me, hybrid theory was more consistent and Meteora had some more swings. Um, with that being said, I completely disagreed with you, Bennett. Nobody's <laughs> listening. I think the flute thing was just too much for me on that. Like the flute oh. was just like, what the hell are they doing? I'll back you up Bennett. I like nobody's listening. <laughs> That's my dislike. Is yeah. oh. That was like my worst song and maybe my worst of the whole thing, like a 5.5. Okay. Wow. So. To be fair, I only wrote that I liked Mike on that. I the flute was okay, but yeah, Mike's the only thing I really liked about him. Anyway. I just I just like noticed the flute right away. <laughs> couldn't get away from the flute. And no, then... you're not getting away from that flute. <laughs> Can't run from the flute. What guys. about y'all least favorite? Uh, hit the floor for me. Yeah. Figure 0.09 for me. I just didn't like where it was in the album. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I had nobody's listening. But uh, to your point, I think this is kind of what's interesting about Linkin Park is like they have some albums that like they hit the highest of highs in terms of like songs that everybody knows super popular yeah. and then it kind of falls off, which is why like when we, you know, we're talking about like uh, living things, which is why that album feels really different to me in the sense that it doesn't really have those hits peaks and valleys so much. Um, but in, in this case, I think some of the, the peaks definitely pull it up way higher than uh, the valleys kind of pull it down. Yeah. Um, I will say, for me, one of the th other things that tainted this one, I, I give it my third place. Like, I really like this album, so I don't like. You're not selling not a, it. Yeah, this was not a bad <laughs> album, but like, numb, great song. But just like Kelly, it's like for me, I'm thinking of Collision Course the whole time. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of Encore the whole time. Like, I just it's just so classic. I mean, I think that was, you know, just as big, if not bigger, than that song was for a while. So, um, I wrote my favorite as "Lying to You." I like the guitar and the electronic song. How about y'all? <clears throat> I liked Faint. I really liked Faint. And I wrote Numb, of course. And Sessions gets an honorable mention. I will echo Bennett on Faint. Hey. Mine was Breaking the Habit. I just cannot escape it. <laughs> nice. Any other thoughts on this one? I mean, it's, it's a really good album. Nothing else? All right. And so, last but not least, and this was ranked our number one album... Yay. Minutes to Midnight, as we mentioned before, I'll go ahead and say what everyone ranked it. I gave it my fifth place. Uh, <laughs> Kelly won, Bennett three, Stephen one. You guys shouldn't let me host for some of these if I have such feelings. I, my opinion. <laughs> but you also said you didn't have super strong feelings. Yeah, I guess I always have feelings. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my thing with this one is I think that the reason we like it is because this was our age range. Like this was the Lincoln mm -hmm. Park where we were old enough to enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, for me, I was like, what, seven, six, seven when the first one came out. And so like I heard it and it was in the background, but I wasn't really able to enjoy it. And it wasn't really until I was, you know, older when I began to, I guess, take in music for myself. Um, and Kelly, you might disagree with that to some degree, but I think like Minutes to Midnight was the first one where I really remember like being the age to appreciate it. And so I feel like looking at both of you, Stephen and Kelly, that you guys were tainted by the fact that this was in your era of music. And say, did but you just call me old? <laughs> Only a couple <laughs> years older. Way too much. Oh, so. Yeah, come on. Give me another Turn one. Back. Yeah, please. Um, I love this album. I loved it then. I love it now. I would push back a little bit because I do still listen to it. So again, maybe that's still some yeah. of the, like sometimes you just need a little angsty feeling. So maybe it is part of it was in the sweet spot for me, but... I just really freaking love this album. Yeah, I love the angst. Um, especially, <laughs> I wrote, I actually like the angst from Leave Out, Leave Out All the Rest. That's what I wrote. But um, I think this album, I gave it third, but when I look at it, uh, what I've done, Bleed It Out and Shadow of the Day, I probably played more than mm-hmm. majority of the songs on my iPod, Sixth Grade Bennett laying on the bed, staring at nothing. Um, so I really, I it was top three you could say, or for me, Hybrid Theory, Meteora, Minutes to Midnight, and then the rest. But when I was going through this, I knew those were going to be my top three. And you could switch it up however you want. Had Spotify been a thing back in the day, this would have been in my year wrap up, top played, <laughs> yeah, super fan. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I just, I like this one because I feel like it, it takes the best parts of their kind of early sound with their later sound and it, it, it kind of stands between the two and it doesn't veer too much into either direction. And so I think you get kind of the, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, a, there's a lot of songs um, on this album that I, I really gravitate towards more so than I think any, any of the rest of their albums. And so for this one, there's just so many high points that mm-hmm. this is the one that I'm probably most drawn to. To come back to mm-hmm. yeah like i started to mention a song and then it was just going to be me listing the whole album yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> i mean because basically yeah after um waiting for the end this probably has my high your second most number yeah. of favorite mm-hmm. lincoln park yeah. songs mm-hmm. yeah definitely worth our top spot minutes to midnight i think that like as far as relevance for lincoln park like definitely their first two albums they were extremely relevant. And then I felt like with this one, they were just as relevant. And then they fell off a decent, a sizable yeah. amount. But like this one, as we talked about before, being played like on the Transformers soundtrack. Like I remember going to Transformers and being like, who is this band? Or, or just like <laughs> appreciating that it was Linkin Park. And so, um, and, and, I, and again, I think I was the age to finally appreciate the music in a way that I wasn't before. Um, so... Um, what did you guys have as your least favorite? I had in pieces, I gave it a six and I didn't like his vocals. I had given up. I gave up at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, kind of similar to, uh, my living things. I have a hands held high. Oh, it's, 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 yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not the, the Mike Shinoda guy. So it's kind of a departure, but again, his cadence and his meter sticks out with like there's bombs in the buses, bikes, you know, it, it's just, it's Beats. very, it's very Mike. Yeah. Beats. And, um, I also had, uh, the little things give you away. 
as another one. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Um, I rebuttal, Emily. <laughs> rebuttal. <laughs> How dare you? Um, I had Valentine's Day as my least favorite. Mm. The reason oh, like I, that was my least favorite. Now that I say, <laughs> really, that, that was a five. Okay, that makes me not Never feel mind. like a cliche single girl. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or maybe you're just joining me in it. Um, what was I gonna say? I thought when I was reading online, I saw a few like. People on Reddit were like, Valentine's Day is my favorite. So I'm surprised. Okay, so. so it also just kind of gets boring. Like, there's a like chunk no one, that I'm like, come right. on. And I also feel like, like Sam mentioned earlier, no one really agrees when you ask them about these albums. It right. is it's all so over subjective. the place. There's not even like a general idea because people could be totally. I feel like a good number of their songs take a little while to develop. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, it's like, that's when it really hits its peak. And I think Valentine's Day is a great example of one of those songs mm-hmm. that doesn't get going until minute three or four Um, but i love valentine's day i did want to say to your point on hands held high the first time i listened to it i hated it and i was like this is cheesy why are they doing this amen thing i can't get behind it and then the second time i listened to it i just had it in the background and i was like oh man they're kind of getting like i don't know i'm vibing with this and i was like why did i rank it so low and then i had to like split the difference to like No, it was, it's definitely interesting just watching the news over the past week or two mm-hmm. and then listening to that and being like, oh, man, we're still kind of this song could easily be written today. That's what I remember listening to it, like not trying to get political, but like listening to him being like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is how I'm allowed to feel politically, <laughs> but I really like the song. So I guess I'll just keep sneaking into the house. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm going to give my favorite song. Uh surprise surprise what i've done uh although i could put mm-hmm. shadow of the day as well so mm. what did y'all think i did shadow of the day <sighs> yeah and with that one even though i played it so much as a kid when i listened to it these past few weeks i was like i totally forgot i don't know i just kind of mm-hmm. got a wave of emotion when i when i heard that one again that one might be my favorite, um, despite what I said earlier of all Lincoln Park. I mean that that stretch from there the second second to six or seven, you know, you, you go from giving up, leave it, leave out all the rest, bleed it out, child of the day, what I've done. It's like so strong. Bang, banger, banger, banger. Yeah. Um, I'm a shadow of the day guy, but I mean, those are all great. I love mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. Um, so I mean that's what really does it for for me with this album. It's just like so strong back to back to back to back. I loved hands held high and bleed it out. Hmm. That's just, you can't help but like get super fired up. Yeah. Highly recommend as a running song. Unlike some of their others, you won't fall off the treadmill cause you start moving. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not that that's personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that just about wraps it up for us with Lincoln park. Before we go too much further though, I did want to hear, uh, well, did Steven have something to jump in? Well, so, so let's, what's the, one to seven how did we yeah how did one more time I can't remember how we ranked them <laughs> so so i think we have we what uh starting to, from the top minutes to, minutes to midnight minutes to midnight meteora, meteora hybrid, hybrid theory, theory a thousand suns thousand suns living things hunting party one more light one more light i can live with that <laughs> so basically yeah. we went in chronological order for the most part <laughs> almost right. in chronological order so perfect yeah no because i mean because for me it, it was a question of it's like uh, do certain of their albums do the, the it peaks outweigh the valleys and then I took kind of like the mm-hmm. kind of the average value and then rated them higher but and, and this one I feel is more like speaking to like just the peaks of hybrid theory and 
yeah and whatnot so anyway all that to be said i can live with this this ranking nice yeah even though there were so many ties <laughs> on so many things i do want uh kelly did you have particular songs that you have on your playlist are there multiple lincoln park songs i know you kind of mentioned some but oh yeah your... um i mean bleed it out numb encore um i don't think breaking the habit is i found a couple that i hadn't listened to before that have now been added on onto that little workout playlist which covers everything from lincoln park to britney to jay-z to a little bit of broadway it's like diverse nice. yeah <laughs> well if you guys want kelly's playlist send one of us a message <laughs> and uh we'll send it send it your way yeah and what were you say? I was just going to say before we sign off, uh, I want to go around. How do we rank the artists that we've done so far? Oh, my gosh. Just, just the three, Swift, right? Kanye West, uh, John Mayer. Four, yeah. And then Lincoln and then Park. Lincoln Park. How do we rank them? Y'all are not going to like me. Sam, let's start it. You, you do it. Kanye West all well, that's day. That's a shocker. Haley Swift, <laughs> John Mayer, Lincoln Park. Okay. For me. Um, well... I would probably do, depending on my mood, Taylor Swift, then Linkin Park, uh, then John Mayer, then Kanye. Yeah, I think I would probably do something, something to the same. I don't know, maybe flip John Mayer and Linkin Park, um, depending on my mood. But sure. I don't know. I think Taylor's just at a, a different level. Yeah, I think I would do John Mayer, uh, Taylor. Kanye, Lincoln Park, but Lincoln Park is like probably tied with Kanye because I do like them both a lot. They mean a lot to me. So Taylor Swift would win in our overall rankings. That's appropriate. She'd win in the world's rankings overall as well. (laughs) She's earned it. She has earned it. Next time we do one, uh, I think I'm told that I'm going to pick, but I'm not ready to announce, but I'd like to hear what you guys say. Uh, please leave a comment. Make Bennett announce tonight. But <laughs> yeah. really this is my out. Leave a comment on what you would like to hear us talk about next, <laughs> and maybe we'll take it into consideration. Nobody's going to comment. You're going to have to pick. I'll comment, and then I'll pick from the comments, and it'll be my <laughs> comment. Okay. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you back next time for some mystery band that Bennett will choose. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. Peace.